page uh, 1,732, as Kathy uh, read to us today, the first 11 verses, and that's where we're going to find the topic for uh, the sermon today. Uh, I say this all of the time, uh, but there is so much more in Acts 23 than just these 11 verses, so you really have got to read through this to, to get the story, because it is so rich and so good. Uh, but in our time today, this is what we'll focus on, is the first 11 verses These are words spoken uh, by Jesus to Paul after being almost torn apart. And that's a fear that a Roman commander had. So when a a Roman soldier fears that someone is going to be torn apart, uh, it was going down. Uh, These guys were ruthless. They invented ways to torture. They invented ways to kill and harm. So a Roman commander, out of fear that Paul was going to be torn apart for his safety, locks him up. And it says, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul. Did you guys hear that when Kathy read that the first time? Did you catch the miracle of that? He hasn't even spoken yet. But the Lord is present with him in prison. Standing near him. Have you had this phrase come alive in your life? Has someone stood near you? Not just in proximity. You get what this is saying, right? This is support. This is connection. This is presence. This is affirmation. This is, I can't make it all go away, but I'm here. And these are the words that Jesus says as He stands near Paul. Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. We'll get into into all of this in just a minute. But the word courage, it's a very specific word that Jesus says here. And that word courage, sometimes in some translations it's translated take heart. Sometimes it's translated be of good cheer. But the root of it is this word courage. And at the root of the word courage is core. And at the root of that word is heart. And courage means it's the ability to do something that frightens you. There's fear, but there's also activity. It doesn't paralyze you because you have courage. It's strength in the face of pain or in grief. Nothing is okay, but I'm okay right now. You guys get it? Being okay when it's not okay? Not faking it. Not just putting on a face. But actually having something inside. When it ain't alright, it's going to be alright. Courage. Uh, One of my favorite uh, flawed leaders in the entire world is... um, Nelson Mandela. 
I hope this goes without saying, right, that anytime we quote anyone other than Jesus, we're talking about a flawed person, right? Whether, whomever, me or you, or the best person in the whole world. Nelson Mandela was not without flaw. That's no surprise. But he was a man of great courage and great love and great ability. That he was put on this earth for a reason and his teachings still carry on after his death. One of the things that he said that I connect with here, he says, I've learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. That the brave man is not the one who doesn't feel afraid, but it's he who conquers that fear. In the, the story of his life, uh, that this is just proved true. There's a lot of uh, really famous quotes about courage. Do you have a story about courage? Have you ever felt courageous in something? Have you ever seen courage modeled where it's something that you look at as an admirable activity? I hope so. Courage is one of those beautiful qualities that inspires. Courage inspires. You can have a whole group of scaredy cats and one courageous person can change the whole outcome. It's true. I also thought it would be interesting, and don't get overwhelmed, we'll go through each of these things. I know that's a lot on the screen at one time. I'm breaking all of the rules. But there are certain, there are certain um, examples where Jesus Himself, th these aren't when other people uses this specific word, this is when Jesus Himself uses this specific word that's translated, be courageous, take courage, be of good cheer, be of, be of good heart. And I think it's interesting that we can understand greater now through a little word study what Jesus might have been saying to Paul in prison after he was rescued by a Roman commander after almost being torn apart by his countrymen. Jesus comes to Paul and says, Take courage. Your job's not done. But what was Jesus saying? There's a story in Matthew, and it's in other Gospels as well, where the friends bring this, this guy that was paralyzed to Jesus. And Jesus talks directly to him, and he says, Be courageous. Be of good heart. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. And your faith has healed you. You see, there was a belief in those days, in these Bible days, these ancient days, that when someone was born ill, that they were born in sin, and it was sin that caused it. Not genetics or whatever, a, a birth difficulty or an illness or a disease or any complex medical thing. It was because somewhere along the line, someone sinned, and so now they're paying this out loud. A weird thought for all of the able-bodied, knowing that they had sinned too and there was sin all around them, that they could somehow in good conscience attribute paralyzation to something that they've done but not suffered for. No idea how that came to be. But it was a true belief in that time. And Jesus looks right at this man and says, be, be courageous, bud. Your sins are forgiven and you're healed. And this is to give glory to God. In another time, in Mark chapter 6, and again, this story is told throughout the Gospels as well, it's, it's at the, the disciples are in a boat at night. 
In, in, in almost all of the references to this story, the authors uh, say that it was the fourth watch of the night. Who cares? Except that it was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's the fourth watch of the night. I live a, a lot of my life awake from 3 to 6. Not because I have a sleeping disorder, but because at work, for whatever reason, the crazy business goes down between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. I'm telling you. I've said it for years. I should write a book about all of the shenanigans that go on between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's a creepy time of night. It's a quiet time of night. It's a dangerous time of night. And things legit go down at that time of night. I think it was interesting that thousands of years ago, they said, uh, let me just heighten this story a bit. By the way, it was the fourth watch of the night. And I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. So it was going down, the storm, the fishermen, the boat, the everything, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. If they weren't afraid enough, and he says to them, take courage, and he calms the sea. So when the professionals were scared at their profession, when they knew everything to do, and nothing was working, when things that they have handled were, no, were, were now out of the ability to be handled, it was chaos. And they were freaking out. Take courage. Another story, uh, the story is told in Mark, it's told in Luke, it's about this woman, about this woman that was infl- uh, afflicted with this bleeding disease. Uh, she had uh, had vaginal bleeding for 12 years, the Bible says explicitly. And again, in that culture, not only does that, you, you, we know medically that that causes all types of issues. Weakness, anemia, and, and all of these things. But at that time, there was also a social implication that she could not be a part of society because she was unclean when she was bleeding. So for 12 years, she had lived alone. For 12 years, she had been scandalized. For 12 years, she had been isolated and told she wasn't good and told she was dirty and unclean. Her, in her courage, knows that if I can just get near him, something might happen. And so in this crowd, she sneaks in. Maybe a costume, maybe all the covering. I don't know what it was, but she snuck through the crowd and grabbed Jesus' cloak. And he felt power dissipate from him. Holy Spirit power. He says, who touched me? And the apostles are like, well, everybody, honestly, because this is chaos. There's people everywhere. He goes, no, power left. Something happened. Faith is near. And then probably in a tremendously scary moment for this woman, she gets isolated in the crowd by Jesus. And she is seen. And you have to hear people screaming, unclean, unclean, unclean. You have to see the crowd scattering like whatever, like whatever you scatter like, like that. Because they couldn't be around her. And he says, take courage. Your faith your faith in me has healed you. At the very end, when Jesus is giving this counseling session, this prayer session, this get ready session with his disciples, he says in John 16, 33, uh, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Be courageous. Have courage. Same word. 
for I have overcome the world, he says. You guys see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John there? That's not an accident. I, I think we see Jesus saying these words. Not just Jesus' people, which is good, but we see Jesus saying these words routinely and regularly in different circumstances to specific people for them to be courageous in the moment. To know that they're connected. To know that they're okay. To know that they're healed. To know that they're safe. To know that it'll be okay. That I'm with you. Standing with you. And here we see those very words in Acts 23. So what did Paul, this courageous man, wouldn't we agree that Paul is courageous? Being Almost torn apart could freak anybody out. You know, very few people welcome violence into their life. Uh, But here's the situation. So is that what Jesus was telling Paul because of the scary mob scene where you were almost torn apart and were you saved by the Roman commander? I think it was more than that. I think here we see Paul and Jesus standing next to Paul telling him, take courage. Not only am I physically with you, but your job's not done yet. And I want to say that Paul had a lot of reasons to lack courage, to allow fear to win. That's what happens when courage diminishes, is fear wins. That's not a good spot. Fear was winning. And I want us all to identify a minute with Paul because I think there was pretty good reason that Jesus saw fit to come and stand with him and say to him, take courage. Paul had just finished these these year-long, years-long missions all over kind of the known world, teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life, the death, the resurrection, the salvation, the baptism, the Holy Spirit indwelling. He's been teaching this story on and on and on. He comes back to Jerusalem and he's celebrated until James tells him that there's a whole bunch of rumors going on about him. That's kind of a quick come down, isn't it? You come off these missionary journeys celebrating everything that's been going on. You're at your home church with your boys. And you start hearing about all this blabber that's been going on. So he had to deal with the rumors. James, the brother of Jesus, says, here's what I think will work. Take this vow, this Nazarite vow. You've got to shave your head. You've got to do all these things. You've got to pay these fees. You do that, but then also take four fellas from the church here that also want to do this. And it's all about purification and discipleship. And, and like, go this extra mile to show everybody, not only are you sanctified before God and you're purified before God and you're taking the Nazarite vow, you're bringing boys with you and you're going to pay all their fees. And maybe just doing that act will get everybody off your back. Well, it didn't. It didn't. Rumors can be insidious like that, and people can be vicious like that. So the rumors keep coming, and the conflict keeps coming. And as Steve uh, encouraged us last week to be able to tell our story, that's what Paul's doing now in front of the, the Jewish family. He's giving his defense. The last chapter in Acts 22. 
He gets to this part in Acts 22, verse 21, where he says that, that Jesus, and he uses Jesus' words here, he quotes Jesus, that he has sent me afar to all of the Gentiles. When Paul gets to that part of his story, the place erupts. Erupts. Because God was the God of the Jews, not of the Gentiles, and we need to prioritize his people and not those people. And the conflict continues. Let's read verses, uh, Acts 22, I'm going to read verses 21 through 25 for us to get a taste of it. And then the Lord said to me, go, this is what the Lord's words to Paul, Paul is telling his story here. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust in the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken back to his barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. So he gets saved to be whipped. It doesn't end up happening. There's a whole thing there. Uh, read on. And just in general, uh, like torturing people doesn't get them to tell the truth. We know that now. It's kind of a flawed idea that the Romans had. Let's just beat him until he tells us why. Thank God it didn't happen, but th this was kind of the thing. Then in uh, Acts chapter 23, he's before the Sanhedrin. And he mentions the resurrection from the dead, and then that whole group loses it too. So Paul is here telling his story time and time and time again, doing what the elders of the church told him to do, pay the vow, take the, take, take the thing, bring the people, do, do the stuff, and it's still not working. It's conflict after conflict after conflict, threat after threat after threat, imprisonment, tearing you apart, all these things, he can't find a home. He's ended up being saved by a Roman who puts him in prison for his protection. And in verse 20, uh, in chapter 23, verse 11, Jesus comes to him and says, take courage. And the part that stood out to me that I had never read before is that Jesus stood near. That Jesus stood near. As he was saying these things, I think again, like Jesus came to Paul and said, don't be afraid. He comes to Paul and says, be courageous. Not because it's a platitude, but because Paul needed to hear it. Because he wasn't. He wasn't courageous in this moment. He wasn't standing on his moral principles and strength in the Lord at that moment. He had been beaten by fear, legitimate, real fear from all over the place. Paul's not a wimp. This isn't like him whining. This is him. Is this the rest of my life? Because he can't find a fair trial. No one will listen to him. He's in prison because people are trying to kill him. 
literally rip his arms off. But Jesus gives him a, a course forward here. Sometimes what gets us out of our present is a picture of the future. You hear me in that? That there is a tomorrow. That there's more to this story. It doesn't end right now. This sucks, but that's not it. And so Jesus gives them a picture, and we can read this as we read through the rest of the book of the Acts. We're almost done. Because way back in Paul's origin story, when he first put on Christ, this was prophesied by Jesus to Ananias about Paul. He says, Ananias, Jesus says, go, Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel, and we see it coming true. There was more work to do. He had spoken to the Jews. He had transitioned to the Gentiles. He's back home with the Jews, and God is saying, be courageous. It's not done yet. You remember what Ananias said way back when? The words that I gave him? That you're going to speak to the Jews and the Gentiles and their kings? It's happening. This is the king's part of it. Because God's going to send him to the Sanhedrin. That's what we're seeing now. He's going to send him to Governor Felix, to Governor Festus, to King Agrippa. And ultimately, Paul is going to appeal to Nero, the emperor. And so I think Jesus standing near his presence. I had a professor once say that uh, a good friend looks like this. You've had your worst day. The worst has happened. Maybe it's happened to you or maybe you've done it. Whatever it is. And you're lying on your bed. When you open your eyes, who would you most want to see? Who would you want standing next to you? And I thought that was a good description. I think it's apt here that Jesus knew his presence was needed, not just his words were needed. So as Paul now gains that courage through the presence of his Savior, through our Savior, he hears the words of his Savior, he sees a picture forward. It gives him the courage again to stay on the path. So I ask us today, what areas of your life do you need courage? Where do you need the Lord standing near? And I want to be completely frank here, and I, I, I try to be very, very transparent with these things. Sometimes you'll be found guilty for things you didn't do. Sometimes you'll be found guilty for things you've done. Whatever the case, we need to be honest with those things. It's the only way to move forward in the Lord is with integrity. If you've messed up, admit it. But if you're suffering because of what others are doing, that, that happens too. That's real. So where do you need the Lord to stand near? Where have you felt fear that needs to be supplemented with the courage of the Lord? 
you need to hear Jesus say you haven't failed. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. Maybe you've made a mistake, but that doesn't define you. We're not defined by our worst days. We're not defined by our worst mistakes. We're not meant to live in that. Admit it, repent of it, confess of it, and move forward. You're not a failure. You've got a future. You've got it today. You've got it tomorrow. You've got people that depend on you. You've got people in your life that need you. What, do you need to hear that? That you've got a job to do. Don't give up. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear win. Be courageous because you've got something to do. You're needed. Do you just need to feel God's presence? Hear him say, I'm with you. You know that it's not all good, but it's going to be all right. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Do you need to hear that you're a child of God? That there's a Father that loves you? That you're good enough? You're precious. Just the way you are. No airs, no pomp and circumstances, no facade, no fake. Just the way you are. Hear Jesus say, I'm proud of you. Do you guys live with regrets? That's a habit. I'm pretty good at it. Pretty good at it. Reminding myself of the worst about me, I'm pretty adept. I can do that pretty good. That's not where we're supposed to stay. Let's allow God's will and the growth in his life to redefine us for who we are. That God's proud of us. Every time we walk in faith, he's proud of us. Also, I think this shows through, through Paul, it would be easy to, for Paul to think that he's a failure. He's up there giving his testimony to the most powerful Jewish men in Jerusalem, the capital of the whole joint. And they're trying to rip his arms off. And it would be easy for him to think he was a failure, but something I think we need to remember is that re- results aren't our job. Faithfulness is our job. Obedience is our job. Sticking with the Lord is our job. He can handle stuff. We can take courage. We do our part knowing that God is doing His because His plan won't be stopped. That's something that the the book of Acts and the study that we've been doing has really, really taught me that resonates with me. I try to remind myself of it that no matter what it looks like, God's plan will not be stopped. It's not even slowed down. It's not even hindered. That God's plan will go forward. And just the reality of it is we often don't see the whole plan. And just like learn to be okay with that. Trusting, I think, is the word there. It's our job to obey. And we can be courageous because God is standing near us. Does that do something in you?
think something else that we can do, and it's been done time and time again in my life, is that sometimes when we don't feel God is near, God's people can come near. And that helps. It helps. doesn't make it all better, but it helps. So how can we stand in there with each other? How can we help each other be courageous people? One of the most epic verses in all of the Bible. The torch has been handed over to Joshua, and, and God says, have I, have I not commanded you? He said, but I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. I need you to not be afraid, okay? Let's not worry about discouragement because I'm with you. Wherever you go. So not this contrived courage because of all the things that we're good at. Not this contrived ability because we've practiced and we're strong in an area. But this confidence knowing that God is with us, that His plan won't be stopped, that you're loved just the way that you are. And that no matter what is facing you, God will walk with you. So I would say to us, as God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will go with you wherever you go. Let's stand with each other. Uh, let's, let's stand, yeah. But let's also stand with each other. Let's be willing to, to walk with each other. Let's be willing to listen and to share. Successes and failures, triumphs and sins, let's stand with each other. The Lord stood with Paul and says, but I need you to take courage. I'm with you. May you feel the presence of God standing next to you, with you today. If you need prayer, please, please come. God bless you. Bye.
most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed Son. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Savior, I come to Thee. All right, if everybody would have a seat. Thank you so much. Uh, we are super excited to have, hopefully, our first annual new member Sunday. Um, those of us regulars, we, we've, I know everyone's noticed the last 18 months or so, we've had such a great influx of folks, and we are so, so excited um, to have you here, and we just want to celebrate uh, the people who have decided to be all in. That was our theme for 2023. It's be all in with Christ, with this church, and with our community. And so we are so excited to celebrate that together. Uh, we hope that you'll all stay for our potluck dinner downstairs. Everyone is invited, even if you didn't bring food. We have so many good cooks and so many good givers at this church that there is plenty for everyone. So I hope everyone has plans to stay. I want to start off by calling our new families and folks forward, and if you don't mind, just coming up and lining up along this stage so we can just pray over you and bless you before we head downstairs to enjoy a meal together. So uh, I see Tammy right here, Tammy Smith. David, do you mind helping her up? We're going to celebrate Tammy Smith. We have the Mayer family, Chris and Rachel and Christopher. I think the kids are coming, so we'll be sure to wait for them, but they're coming and their daughter, Ava, too, is not here today, but we're super happy to have this family. We have Celeste Coates. She's coming forward right now. We have Rob Elliott and Regina Gerhard. If you guys can come on up. Jason and Jennifer Pletz. And then we also have Jason and Jada Williams. Come on up, Jason. I think the Jada's with the kids, and they're coming up. We have uh, Brooke and Brad Snyder, if you guys would come on up. Super happy to have them. Brad's a legacy member here at Central, born and, born and raised practically, but we're super excited for them to be members together as a beautiful married couple and welcoming a baby in just a couple months. We're excited about that. We have Mariah MacArthur. Come on up, Mariah. All right, did we get Christopher yet? Okay, okay, good, 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 good. All right, did I miss anybody? I think that's everybody that we had. Well, we are just so excited. I want to say a prayer over the group, and then um, David has a few more words, and then we'll, we'll close out. Jada, come on up. <laughs> we'll wait for Jada to come up, too. This is Jada, <laughs> in case you didn't know. All right, let's pray together. 
Almighty God, we thank you for the life journey that has brought all of these new members to join Central today. We celebrate the unique impact that each of them will make here and already have made here through their presence and their gifts and their talents. May this congregation offer support in times of trouble and rejoice with them always. May our church home strengthen their faith and deepen their discipleship. In all this we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. For the week before Harvest Sunday, 2024, for New Members Sunday, 2024. Uh, we're super excited. If the Lord's will, these families will be here greeting the new families that God is bringing here. And that's, that's the goal for us, for us here. Now, I just want to be extra clear for all of us. It is not our goal to be a big church. It is our goal to be a faithful church. And whatever that looks like, we're, God's in charge, and we're, we're good with that. So let's keep being faithful. And to all of our members and our new members, everyone that calls Central Home, let's find ministries that God has blessed the Central Church with, and let's join God in these ministries to bless his community, his people, to give Westwood and Cheviot a good name. Let's give God a good name. Part of being a Christian is not just what we believe, it's what we do. So let's get busy, let's work together, let's find a ministry where you fit and serve the Lord with joy in your heart, knowing that you're giving him a good name in the community. We ask the leadership team uh, to stand. Uh, just so they can uh, be seen as well. Uh, these are the leaders of the church uh, that, that our church has called uh, to lead. And so please be praying for, for us uh, as we do that. What you think, what you think is important, what you want to see this church do is important to us. So please let us know. Let's be a community together under Christ. Uh, you have everyone up here. You have invigorated this church and you have been you are an answer to hundreds if not thousands of intentional prayers that you're not here by accident you're here for a reason in this place with a purpose and we're so glad to partner with you god bless you i'm glad that you're here and i'm happy to celebrate let's go have lunch together all right